Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well... That's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. It's time to chat some bollocks about fanny tits and bum. No topic is off limit for these potty mouth found mums. So tell us all your secrets, we like to share the truth. About saggy tits and anal warts and ice cubes up your hoof. No holes barred. Um, mate, before we start anything, can I just say how <laughs> utterly disappointed I am that we weren't recording at the exact moment when I said, who is that behind you? Because <laughs> I thought someone was calling into your bedroom and you actually had a full shit attack. Oh my God. It was, it the was cat. my It was the cat licking his balls and it honestly did look like there was someone behind me. Fucking just, terrifying. I, I actually cannot believe that was your... That was your response. Panic. It was like Panic. you did full on jazz hands <laughs> and screamed. Oh God! I would be so shit in any sort of. No, I recognise that now. <laughs> I'm like sorry. Remember I when know. I said I would only last 45 seconds or 45 minutes in a zombie apocalypse? That's why I'm too nervy. I'm very nervy. I don't yeah. take to danger very well. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't. You know that whole fight or flight or freeze. Yeah. I freeze. Yeah, I think I'm. I either... don't know what you did. <laughs> it wasn't freeze. It looked like I was trying to fly, but I think it was probably. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very flat. I think I live in a permanent state of flight. Um, hence why I'm so anxious. Uh, I really do feel that. And that's why I can't handle anything that um gives me a surge of adrenaline. I can't do. So that's why I hate doing any sort of public speaking or, mm. or you know, standing in front of people and talking. I, I just can't. It's too much for me. The adrenaline that I release is intense. To, sounds a lot to me, Vic, like you have a dysregulated nervous system. <laughs> oh, <God>. <laughs> <laughs> No, but that's exactly what it is. No, it's like the dysregulation do. of your nervous system when you are in a permanent state of not being able to come out of that state. Well, you know, of- like there's there is a theory that this that a lot of this sort of reaction to danger is uh, passed down from your ancestors, and that it's like it's not actually a theory. It's uh, it's real. Signed, it's so, fucking real. This is yeah. a psychological. <laughs> Correct, corrected statement. Correctness. It is, it's true. It, correctness, level of correctness. So you might just be living out your cave sister's auntie's mother's auntie's daughter's <laughs> trauma. Yeah, I am. You There's know, a lot of trauma maybe they maybe bones. they watch their their child get mauled by a T Rex and yeah, never came back. T Rexes weren't around when you were around, <laughs> but you know, or some other type of ferocious. Predator. monster and yeah. then that trauma is now like, in me is now in you so i thought hendrix was a t-rex <laughs> <laughs> ferocious shit t-rex hendrix yeah. is the cat by the way that's his hendrix name is the cat i love that name i let um i let rob name the cat because he wanted to call our kid hendrix i was like fuck off that is the most middle-class pretension i've ever heard uh, sorry apologies to anyone that's called their kid hendrix but i i like the name hendrix he liked uh Hendrix or Dylan for oh, obvious I like Dylan. Yeah, it was a bit too Bob and Jimmy. Me. Yeah, Bob and Jimmy. Bob and Jimmy. So who's, who's Dylan gonna be? Where where is Dylan in this scenario? Maybe if we get a dog. I'm not getting a dog. No too much. Your, your child is allergic to dogs. <laughs> <laughs> there is that. <laughs> Minor. So I actually feel like if we fucking threw a dog into the chaos that is my oh life my at God, the moment, yeah, it would no. tip me over the edge. I've had a puppy before. 
can't handle that shit. No way. No, I mean, I I actually think having Willow, I, I love her and she's a fucking legend and I adore her now, but she's three. It's taken me three years to not utterly detest the sheer sight of that <laughs> fucking dog. Yeah, I know. Because it's another child. It, it is, is another child. And that first six months of having them and Awful. having oh, it, like they, it's like having a newborn baby. They're up and when, You know when people oh, are like, oh, oh my God, a puppy. Even I do it. I am lulled by the sight of a puppy. I'm like, oh my God, it's a fucking puppy, Steve. And he's like, Laura, you didn't even like the puppy we had. And I'm like, I know, but I want to stroke it and love it and kiss it. And then actually having my own. No, I'd much rather pull my pubic hair out with my teeth. Oh dear. How's your week been then? How are you? (laughs) You know. Oh my God, it's you doing it this time. This is exciting. What's happened? Tell me. uh, How's my week been? How You've is got my a fresh ink? That's one thing. I do, yeah. Got, and it's I, I further up my arm as well, but new tattoos on her hand. Yeah. Willow, stop. I'm sorry. That's not Darren. I don't know who that is. Willow, stop. Don't get a dog. She's three and I'm back to no, she's a massive dick. She's still giving it. Willow, on your bed. Uh, my week has just been all right, Vic. I'm here, I'm not dead. So I think that's probably Oh well, <laughs> that's good. Okay. I feel positive. I don't feel like dying either, which is definitely a positive. That is a positive. Especially That's with the positive. shit show that is our government. You know, but I we, know. we probably shouldn't go into that, should we? It's too much. It's just too much. <sighs> I can't really process it all, really. Are you, do, you, do you know anybody that currently likes Boris Johnson? No. No. <laughs> I don't know anyone that has ever liked him. But why is it that he's still so popular? I don't understand it. You can sit with me as long as you fucking like and tell me about all the things that you think Boris Johnson is great for. And you will still not convert me over to your mindset. But I I do think, you know, a lot of the time you end up hanging around with people that kind of echo your views and your political sort of stance. So, yeah, I think if I had a friend that was like, oh my God, I think Boris Johnson is amazing, I would really question our friendship. Yeah. No, so me like, too. What? How can I you think I would inwardly be going, well, our friendship is over. Oh God, it makes me so cross. Um, but to cheer you up, why don't you buy yourself a sex toy off our website? Yay! Yay! <laughs> um, this week we'd like to talk about the Lilo Sonnet. Because we never <laughs> talk about that one, do we, Vic? Panani's aren't political. I actually had a wonderful sex. I had a wonderful oh sex. Oh my God. When yes. you messaged me and said, I've been, I'm hanging out. I thought, what? Laura's had a drink. I thought you were hung over at first. And then no. you're like, I've been hanging because I've been up all night having sex. Not all night, mate. Just till late. Yeah. All even night. that till late. How long did this session go on for? It probably went on for about an hour and a half. Oh my Lord. What time I did know. it start? I need the details of the timing mainly because I'm judging how tired I would have been. <laughs> I didn't check my phone, but it must have been around 10.49 when it started. Oh my God, that's so late. It yeah, was okay. late, I know. It, yeah, it was just a nice time. And I, I use the Lilo Sonos insects. It's a very difficult toy to use insects. It is, it is quite hard. But my Lord. It's good. I was. It's getting was, the right angle because it's quite like it's quite a unit in it, <laughs> and it, it is a unit. So as long way. as you get the angle right with the 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 motion, yeah. Obviously, I don't want to be too uh, detailed about my sex life, but uh, it's, too late for that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> it's quite. It's quite the thing to, and I also think that if, like, if you struggle to have an orgasm through penetration because it's such an intense feeling that you get from the sonus, yeah, it just magnifies sex. I feel like, yeah, yeah, it definitely. makes sex go from being like okay to being like, I can guarantee that I'm gonna have. I'm gonna squeal. I'm gonna squeal like a pig. Poor Steve. Sex is like, you know what? Sex is okay with you, mate. But actually, what I need to do is just interview this <laughs> to make it. Good. I've had I've basically had the best sex of my life for the last two years, and that's because I have a sex toy that <laughs> it is mad though, isn't it? It's like grunt. how it just sort of revolutionizes your sex life. Yeah. I mean, don't get me wrong, I haven't had sex again since. I'm just I'm just too tired. Yeah, I'm not fucking home because that was on Saturday night, wasn't it? Jesus, if you had sex again, I would be furious. <laughs> I'd be furious. Saturday that's and the thing, Sunday. Like, before before I had kids. If I had had that before I had kids, I probably wouldn't let Steve go to work. I'd want to have sex with him all the time. And yeah. yet the reality is now that I do have children, 
it's like okay we've had sex now I just need to sleep for another month yeah no that's it isn't it it's like you kind of you have sex and then you're like okay that's another six months until I need to entertain that penis again yeah done yeah and that's why it's such a myth that people are having sex all the time like couples especially long-term couples it's like that is just not true at all yeah I don't think so I don't know out of all of my friends anyone that has sex like on a really regular basis no I know one I know one friend who does but even then I don't know it's that regular but it's definitely she's a lot more like experimental really Um, gets the china brush out have you ever had a china brush no what's that it's basically like this thing that you put on a man's penis and it makes him like super erect. It's like Viagra, but is it some what you like a, a topical thing that you put on? Is in like you put it on the penis or yeah, you physically put it on the. Or penis. What is it? A cream or something? It's like a, I don't know. It's just called China Brush. I'm going to Google it and read it to Never you. Never heard of it. I know. I hadn't either. She's like, oh yeah, we get a bit of China Brush on. Oh, and he's away for hours, and I'm like, I definitely don't want hours. I get a chafing. I can't be bothered. I'm not lubricated enough for hours. Not, not if you start in at 10:49. <laughs> well, I did start at 10:49, and I definitely think we finished after midnight. So bloody hell, I would have been asleep. That was an absolute sesh, wasn't it? That doesn't happen often. No, it was no. very arousing. China brush. So it's an actual ointment. It's an ointment. Delay spray. The China brush has a numbing, oh, it has a numbing effect and will last, has a lasting, longer lasting erection. Directions, apply a thin layer to the glands of the penis. Does that, I don't, do you know what? That doesn't actually sound that good. So what? No, so at least 15 to 45 minutes before intercourse. You know what? This is another good one for that couple. Oh, yeah, yeah, I wonder yeah. if she's still listening. Yeah. There yeah, you go, hopefully. mate. That might be uh, worth a shot for you. Okay, well, that's maybe one for the uh, list of things to try out then. Yeah. I don't but, want Steve to last longer. No, I don't no need to want him, to last longer either. To the, the lady whose husband had the lazy penis in her words, that's yeah. another thing for her to add to her list of trying. Yeah, so it makes you erect. Does it make you erect? Yeah, it makes you erect and it makes you last longer. Okay. Good. There you go. Another one Thanks for the Thanks to books. the Chinese herbalists. How are you anyway? I've not even asked. Yeah, I'm all right. Um, you sure? <laughs> hmm. On a scale of one to ten. Well, my children just find new ways to be dicks, basically. So mm. I have to report, Laura, that the sleep situation has improved rather dramatically. Yeah! I know. It's very exciting. So we just decided to put Edith's nap back in. Um, for lots of reasons Her behaviour was out of control I think Like the tantrums Just off the scale And she just seemed knackered To be honest She just seemed knackered So we put the nap back in And um, she's been having it at nursery And then we've just been doing That classic thing Of putting her in the car And driving around For fucking 45 minutes To get to sleep Did you ever go through that phase The car nap phase? Um, I think it was different with Toes Because obviously he was like He was a car seat baby Because I was always taking He was always on the school run Right. Do you know what I mean? But the, also the thing with Tobes is like he would fucking sleep anywhere. Really? But he also wouldn't. He'd also be a cock at times, but then other times he would just literally fall asleep. Yeah, I've never had that. I've never had that child. <laughs> Elliot wasn't like that. Elliot no. had to be in his bed yeah. for his nap. Otherwise yeah, he wouldn't I mean, sleep. Edith hasn't had a nap in at home since we moved house because it just wasn't happening. But anyway, so we put the, the we've been doing a car nap. Which is a bull lake And I know it's terrible for the environment But you know what It's fucking survival mate And it's worked So she's gone from do, going to bed at 5.30 To waking up at 5.30 With like maybe two wake ups in the night She's now doing seven until seven Fuck my life That's, that's a game changer Yes it's you're a game like me changer now. You're in this You're in, you're in a club You know on Sunday She woke up at 7.30 Oh Vic But I woke up at four o'clock And couldn't go back to sleep no That is the irony of motherhood isn't it Just the bitter yes. irony of like great And Oliver slept till 20 past 6 So I could have had a lie until 20 past 6 But now oh. My brain, my brain woke me up um, I went for a win and then that was it I was just like bala, 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 so I couldn't go back to sleep um, So yeah, so so that I mean we've had a week of that now So she's pretty much been, you know wake, She's basically waking up between 6 and 7 
and fuck my life. That hour, hour and a half difference, it makes such a difference. Mate, me. two, three weeks ago, you were starting your day at half past five in the morning and at 6 a.m. having a bag of quavers. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> <laughs> that oh, is that's huge. So now I've just been analysing everything because obviously, you know, it was it was decided to not give her the nap. But what I actually think was going on with Edith now is that the difficult bedtimes, her just being like an absolute twat, trying to get mm. her to go down, all this sort of stuff. I actually think it was more to do with her emotionally feeling like we were going to leave her because we were still trying to leave yeah. the room, even though we were coming in and out of the room and, you know, settling her and never leaving her to cry for any period of time whatsoever. She, we don't do that anymore. I, mm. Bedtime is she two stories. She can have a cuddle on my lap. I'm on her bed anyway. Um, bought a single bed, <laughs> so came to the single bed so that we could get in it and sleep. Um, and then she falls asleep. And then I say, that's it now. You have to get mommy's nap. You lie next to me. And her head is always on my leg. And I just stay with her until she goes to sleep. And it's so fucking chill compared to what it has been in the past. Yeah. And now that she's had the nap and she's not super overtired at bedtime, it's, it's just like last time was a really nice bedtime. And um, all of that. I just think her and having difficult bedtime was to do the fact that we, that she was just so fucking not wanting us to leave. So rather than her not needing the nap, it was more that she didn't want us to leave. But I mean, how do you know this stuff? She can't communicate to us. Working all this stuff out is like doing the Krypton factor. It's really difficult, but it's also like, um, I obviously read up a lot about uh, flight, flight, fucking freeze, fawn. Yeah, you know, fawn. What's that? Fawn. <laughs> no, fawn is an actual. It is a, What's fawn then? Uh, fawn is an. Uh, I'll Google it. I'll read it out in a minute. Um, but there are lots of different states that we fall into, and it all comes back to like that primitive part of our brain that where we're thinking, "Oh my god, something bad's going to happen," even though nothing bad is going to happen. Yeah. And as an adult, when you when you would learn that, because obviously I've spent thirty seven years not knowing that, and now that I do, I can regulate myself better and my nervous system better. But as a child, to try and get them to recognise that that's what that is is really difficult. Yeah, she's because you're trying she's to get them to self-regulate fire, and how the fuck do you get them to self-regulate you can't you have to teach them so that's, you have to teach them and that's through reassurance yeah. it's just through going i'm not going to go anywhere you are safe you yeah. are you know you're in a safe environment i'm never going to hurt you or whatever but you, you you know it's not those words it's just the soothing tones that you use to make them feel safe and secure I'm all for it, mate. I'm all for it. I'm all for it. It's basically like a psychological way to put her to manage her naps and whatever, rather than no, it being like, so this valuable. is a formula and this is what you do because it just doesn't work. It doesn't fucking work for every kid. That's it. But not only that, it, it, there are there is so much benefit from having a child who is self-regulating their nervous system and being able to know that they are safe and secure just because of the fact they have the dependency and reliability of their parents. Yeah. Uh, that does go on to have massive, huge benefits in adulthood. Oh my God, of course. Because then they aren't growing up dysregulated. Very quickly, the trauma response, you've got fight, flight, freeze or fawn. Okay, I didn't know fawn. I know the other ones. What is it then? So fawn is someone who's a people pleaser. Okay. Lack of identity. <laughs> No boundaries, overwhelmed and codependent. Well, I am a hundred percent living in a state of fawn. <laughs> I am all of, I, I'm not, I'm working really hard to come out of being that in that state, but that's I I am you identify with that. Yeah, I've lived my life pretty much like that all the time. Like the whole fight is anger outbursts. I don't massively have anger outbursts, controlling a little bit, the bully, no, narcissistic, no, explosive behavior, no. Freeze, difficulty um, making decisions, start disassociation, isolation and numb, isolating and numb. And then flight is workaholic, overthinker, (laughs) anxiety, panic, OCD, difficulty sitting still, perfectionist. That is me to fucking say. Yeah, that's so funny. Do no, I, I'm I'm, I don't know if I'm a work, Do you reckon I'm a workaholic? I don't know about that one. 
I mean, it would make no. sense because all of my family are addicts in some capacity, and my dad is a worker workaholic. And in some ways, I think maybe I am. I don't know. I don't know. It's probably not the workaholic, but I never the, stop. Basically, yeah. Ever. There's always I'm always doing something. But yeah, that just goes to show that we are, you know. All different. We are all different. Flighty forty slags. <laughs> Flighty forty <laughs> That's what we could be called. That's what we could call our tour. Can we do a tour, please? Yeah, Vic? I know we need to do that. I know 20... you don't want to do it. Twenty twenty two. Vic's social Hopefully. anxiety isn't. You know, we've just. She's literally it's, just. I said don't about... even think it's not even my social anxiety. It's that, that flight thing. It's the it's adrenaline. The I don't Whereas know how to cope. My fall is like die. I want to please everybody. I know. I just I think it would be. It would be very different because I'd be with you. So if I if I was on my own, I'd be like, if someone was like, "Do you want to do a tour on you?" I'd be like, "Fucking no!" I'd actually rather be dead. But doing it with you, like, because you're, you know, you'll be my, you'll be my security blanket. (laughs) We can be each other's security blankets. (laughs) Yeah, in our fawning. uh, Also, you know what? Doing a tour where we're like actually live in front of you. The amount of shit that we have to cut from this podcast because we'd uh, we'd have to be quite careful. Wouldn't we? We get cancelled in five minutes. We get cancelled. No, because you know what? This whole cancelled policy is such horseshit. Yeah, it? hopefully it'll die. And I'm so. not just saying that because of the industry that we're in. Like genuinely, I just see this whole cancelled culture as bullshit. Yeah. Because how often do we cancel men? Like really, fully cancel them. Yeah. And then how often do we cancel women? Like all the time. Jamila yeah. Jamil made a very good point about it the other day. And I was like, oh, we yes, do love Jamila. her, don't we? I love Jamila. We love her. Um, should, should we have some stories? I guess so. I'm guessing you don't have a fact. Should we actually like, you know, record our podcast? <laughs> should we actually do our job? It's because we've not spoken much before. I know, it feels right. like that. Yeah, we've just Even though we talk every day. Record. Yeah, <laughs> that's fucking yeah. ridiculous. <laughs> okay, this is a good one. All right, I've got a funny little story here. Um, about someone's first ever trip to the gynecologist. So here's my story about the first time I went to the gynecologist. I was 16. Wow, that's young, isn't it, to go to a gynecologist? You know, like in the UK, we're so shit with fanny health yeah. um, that you wouldn't ever see a gynecologist unless you're like, I'll be, 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 Yeah, we don't, we don't regularly, I've never gone to a gynecologist. I only went for old Casper, didn't I? Because yeah. I was getting investigated. Fucking funny. <laughs> um, hello, Fanny tried to charge me again for that appointment. That was how long ago? They sent me a letter saying, oh, yes, you haven't paid for your appointment. It's like, no, Fuck I fucking you. have, mate. Fuck off, Fanny. I paid you. I paid you on the day. Get lost. Stick that in your minge. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I was 16 and had heavy periods, so I was going to have my first check. I was nervous, of course, but the lovely lady, who's about 50 years old in a lovely grey mumsy sort of way, told me to pop my things off and she'd be back in two minutes. She went round the curtains, wait, well, I did as she said, and I took everything off. Top, jeans, <gasps> knickers, oh, bra, God. Socks. Oh, no. I stood there waiting. She came around the curtain and with an absolute horror face and said, why are you naked? To which I replied, I don't know. Why am I naked? She obviously meant to take my trousers and knickers off. My friend still pissed himself laughing at this story to this day. I'm 32. She was stood there as well. So she wasn't even laying on the side. What bitch? Why are you naked? Oh, oh come on God, she's 16 bitch. it's your first you don't yeah. know the protocol no this is the kind of shit that no one tells you about so i no. think that is a perfectly acceptable mistake to make it is but what an amazing one to make and i'm pretty sure if it pop your things off yeah i would interpret that as get naked you know what i remember going uh, after i'd had a car accident and the insurance shit of them having to make sure i actually had a problem with my neck it was my neck, Vic, my yeah. fucking neck. And I had to go, had to go to a private doctor's somewhere over in like uh, wherever it was. And I get there and I'm, I was what, 23, something like that. So I was wearing a tiny white G string and an unmatching bra of some description. And I will, I might, I can remember it, but I have disassociated myself from the memory because <laughs> it was that traumatic. It was a male doctor. 
And he was like, right, okay, we just need to check your neck over, blah, 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 blah. I was like, yeah. He went, okay, so I'm going to get a female chaperone in and then I need you to get down to your underwear. And I was like, sorry, what? <laughs> I said, it's my upper neck. He was like, yeah, I know. I need to see how you walk. And I was like, what, sorry, what? naked? <laughs> uh, I, don't, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't understand what's going on. So I had to get down to my tiny thong and my bra with a female who was watching, as well as this male doctor, I had to walk on the balls of my feet. <laughs> I had to walk on my tiptoes. I then had to walk with my knees bent. I then had to walk on the tips of my toes and the balls of my feet, walking like basically like a duck. Isn't it so weird when I was you have to do stuff like that? Mortified. Well, I, I came out of the room and Steve was like, how did it go? I was like, I, he, he, he got me to get undressed. <laughs> He's like, but you hurt your neck. I was like, I, I know. I know. And something happened to me. That's yeah, that's exactly the same thing happened to me when I went to a chiropractor or an osteopath once. And um I was I was quite young, as I've always had lower back problems. And um they I had to, it was like a training osteopath school thing. So it was yeah. cheaper. But what it meant is that you had to have like four students in the room that were all watching you. And <sighs> the guy was like, You need to take all your clothes off because we need to like look at you again, watch you walking. And then also like bending over and doing sort of yes, I had to bend over as well. Yeah. That's right. But when when I had that, I, I mean, I was kind of like, okay, fine, whatever. But what was so weird and creepy was that I was like lying down and I had a pair of knickers on that um, had a label on them that was like Katie Price knickers or something. And yeah. he fucking commented on the fact that it was like, oh, Katie Price knickers, eh? So that is not appropriate. That's to not appropriate. Comment on my knickers when I'm naked in a room douche. of like. Four people with clipboards are watching me fucking do the chicken. <laughs> it is. That's exactly what it feels like. You're doing the funky chicken. And it is horrifying. It's absolutely horrifying. So this is the only other thing about a medical appointment. You have absolutely no idea what to be prepared for. Now I just go in, I just full on Yeti. Like yeah. I wear as many layers as I can. Yeah. Just to be prepared that if they want me to take one layer off, I have four. You've got like a tank top and or I've got an additional. Yeah. Yeah. A fucking and tank top. I mean, small. What is this? Small shorts. I don't know. <laughs> tank top. Tank tops are so back in, aren't they? I wear a, I wear a vest every day, but not like a. Oh, I'm wearing my little. Or like a sports bra. No, like a vest like this. Under oh, like a strappy top. Yeah, like a strappy top. I have that on every day. Uh, my friend Vicky, she has yet to not wear a vest. In anything And she'll be like Oh god I'm so fucking hot It's like mate That's because you've got, got a vest, vest on. on Only in winter In the I summer, in the summer. Oh, no, she does it It's crazy Vicky, talk. Shout out to Vicky And her vest obsession <laughs> Hit me with a story Hit me with a story Right About eight years ago With my now ex-partner We decided to have a play With a small new bullet After about five minutes Of him rubbing it around my clit we hear a pop and I gasp. I look up to see him as white as a ghost. I ask what he's doing, what happened. And his replies, reply is, you must not have tightened it when you put the battery oh, in. Oh, no. <laughs> it came off and has just gone inside with the battery as well. <gasps> oh, my God. I'd be so scared. He was holding the end part. So it unscrewed. Oh, my God. And like a fucking hoover, she sucked it up. After what felt like a lifetime of trying ourselves to get it out, we decided it was time to go to the hospital. Finally, we get to the hospital. I explained to the lady at the desk that the problem I have was <laughs> that I had a part of a sex toy stuck inside me. After a good wait, a lovely nurse suddenly pops her head around the curtain and says, um, says my name and says, are you the lady with, hold on, looks down and reads the notes. A small child toy, IG, like a Happy Meal toy stuck in your vagina. <laughs> Who fucking wrote that? I can honestly say I have never laughed and cried so much in embarrassment in my whole life. I have no idea what the receptionist <laughs> lady heard, but she definitely didn't hear what the problem was. Uh, to end, it had apparently gone in with some force, so it was sent. So I was sent up to the gyno. There you go, another gynecologist. Yeah. Where two lovely doctors forceped me open to remove parts, along with a massive. Oh my god! Massive what? A massive laugh at my notes from the oh, staff right. oh, that it had been passed the night uh, that had been passed to uh, that night. 
<laughs> I've never touched a bullet since. <laughs> oh Shit, my god! We're not supposed to put them inside you at all, though, are you? Well, she, I don't. I don't think he he meant to put it inside her. Right, it just got sucked into the vacuum just, yeah, of vag. Yeah, know, that's quite a vacuum. Oh, I, I almost want to meet her vagina. <laughs> Oh, I would have thought the battery I mean that would have really have scared me because you know you hear all those horror stories about kids swallowing batteries and, and shit dying. And they, yeah I know the kid who did swallow one and they he did and he died it was really bad he died no we know he nearly died right. obviously I didn't you but, know but it's a bit different though because if you swallow it then the battery's going into your stomach acid so you know you know should... the battery's probably it's going into your vagina acid yeah I know but it's not as it's not as potent as your because <laughs> It's not like your vagina acid is going to melt food, is it? No, <laughs> you, put it on, you don't you know. Put a hamburger you ever put up food there. Out there? <laughs> no, <laughs> don't don't try that at home. Don't try that at home. That's how we end up in hospital. Well, so why have you got this um, cucumber shoved up your vagina? I was I'm just testing for the, the vagina acid to erode a, it. A scientific experiment. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's uh, very unfortunate and also terrifying. And I bet, yeah, just that would scar you, wouldn't it? You wouldn't want to go near it. But like it had to be forceps out. Oh, forceps! I've never had forceps before. Oh, yeah, me neither. No, speculum is one thing, but forceps is like that's going in for the salad tong vibes. It is a salad tong. Oh, wow. no wonder that's her ex partner. I don't even when the thing about forceps is like just looking at them. How the fuck do they even go in without doing loads of damage? You know what? Uh, they do. <laughs> yeah, I know. I know anyone that has had them giving birth. In, in, in one, to explain, I don't think that you ever leave that and go, oh, yeah, no worries. That's fine. I'm just going to walk out of it. Absolutely no issues whatsoever. Don't think that happens. Ah, okay, I've got a good one. I've got a, okay, I've got one more story. Should we fuck off an agony on this week and we'll just do another story? Okay. Um, uh, so this one time, me and my partner were at home and my mum decided to pop round. I went upstairs to get something and we started to get a little bit carried away being alone in our bedroom as our daughter was only a few months old and this time together was rare. So basically the baby, the mum's come round, she's got the baby, they've gone upstairs, they're getting it on. The Fucking baby, hell, that's, I hope the mum's in the house. Yeah, we'll wait for it, she is. We thought sod it, we'll be quick and ca- cracked on bonking away in our room whilst my mum was downstairs watching telly with our daughter having a brew. I went downstairs afterwards and my mum gave me the filthiest slip before saying, you really should check the monitors. And she walked out. (laughs) So the baby monitor was on. So my mum's just witnessed the entire thing. I was gobsmacked. I wanted a big black hole to swallow me whole in that moment. Me and my partner were absolutely mortified and still are to this day. My mum brings it up every now and again, making a joke of the situation, but me and my partner just cringe. Safe to say we'd never have sex if we want anyone else in the house. That you know what? That's not something you bring back up. You just have to, you you need as a good parent to just let that go. <laughs> what not even say anything when they come downstairs? I don't I, I don't even know if I've got any words. Huh. I don't even know how to answer. I've had I've had it when we've had the monitor on and it's been downstairs. But luckily the volume was turned off. Was your mum in the house? No, we had other people around. And uh, I was like, I wanted them to go. And I was just like sick of them. And uh, went upstairs and made Rob come upstairs and then was like, just fucking get them to leave. Like, and the monitor was on, but thank God the volume was off. But then oh, I suddenly you're gonna had say this. You were, ha- you were having sex. No, so I was like, fucking, have fucking sex when people are around. No, no way. No. I couldn't relax. Maybe people no. have a thrill of that stuff, but not for me. No. It almost is, to me, it's very like keys and a fishbowl vibe. You re- I don't, yeah, people- Obviously not for her, not with her mum I definitely don't think that But Jesus Christ, the last thing I would be thinking With my mum and my two month old baby downstairs Is I want to have sex with you right now And I no. don't care Yeah, but it's so funny, is it? Because I'm so, I must be so fucking ruined <laughs> But people after, after kids People's sex drive is really It can be anything You can be really, really fucking super horny Because of all yeah, your hormones being I was not Insane Or you can be the opposite And just be like No way is dick coming near me ever again That's basically Which how I was I on that side But no, yeah. I wasn't that way so much with Oliver But we definitely with Edith With um, both with both the boys I was just It was so far down the list Yeah Well it took a year stuff. For us to have sex after Edith Which is a long time I think it was probably No it was We had sex really quickly After we had Elliot but yeah. I think it was more because I just felt like I needed to get it out of the way because I was so fucking terrified that everything would fall out of my body. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't, it, it, it just felt like 
it wasn't like I had to do it because Steve made me feel like I had to do it. It's more like I was like, I just need to fucking get this done so I know that I'm not going to die. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. And also I think the, the expectation of like, well, if we have sex and it means that our relationship's healthy. Do you know what I mean? That yeah. Too. Again, because we were so young as well. Like 26. I do think, I, I think first sex after um, birth stories would be really funny. Yeah. I bet people have got funny ones for that. And also probably I would love to have a story of someone who had sex like literally a day oh after God, their mate, kid was born. My midwife friend said that she's walked in on so many couples having sex like almost immediately after the baby's been delivered. Yeah, honestly, that blows my mind. That really blows my mind. Like, I mean, my the state of my minge, like uh, even a matchstick it's would so have been sore. like... sore. Yeah, just that would have been <laughs> offensive to me. I think sore is a really appropriate word it is, for how, so sore. how your vagina feels. And also very, very, very bloated. Like it's so swollen, isn't it? Yeah. From just the trauma of getting the head out and all the pushing and I all the extra blood I and get everything. it because you're so like in that moment like after I had had the boys I was just like oh my god yeah. like we made this I love you so you much look we made this euphoric yeah it is euphoric because you and also like there's this real like element of like I am a superwoman look what I've just done yeah you know? not for everyone though but that's definitely I think some people are like oh yeah <laughs> I feel like I died. Well, everybody's seeing the picture. Well, most people see the picture of me after I had Elliot. I did look like I died, <laughs> genuinely. <laughs> and Steve looked <sighs> terrified. There was nothing about any of that scenario that made Steve go, oh, I want to have sex with you right I now. I did. I remember lying in bed with Rob after, because I, I had the home birth. So I was like straight back in my bed with Rob and the baby, um, the first, and, and with Edith. But I can remember looking at him and having this like, huge like overwhelming desire to have sex with him but just no. being like mate the vagina ain't that's not happening there's no way it's I, happening. Bet, I was like really I, attracted to him and felt like so in love with him but I think it was just because I was off my tits on loads of oxytocin that my body I lost so much blood with Elliot so I don't but I was in labor for like 36 hours with Elliot so I was fucking done mm. but um yeah the the bed was just fucking covered in blood yeah, like <laughs> the, the period is so so massively like yeah. it's like a tidal wave of it just is crimson uterine yeah. lining. It's and like mental. when I had Toby, Toby was much quicker, and he had shit all down my tits, so that was nice. And then <laughs> standard, um, standard, yeah. So he was like, we did skin to skin as soon as he was born, and he just stayed there for hours, and then it was time for me to get up and have a shower and <laughs> I got up and just blood started pouring out of me yeah. and Steve, Steve was there with a towel just mopping it all up off the floor as I went along again I don't believe there is anything about that that, that made turn Steve on? go I, I want a piece <laughs> of you right now and like he was so good about it so I was like oh god I'm so sorry I'm so sorry he was like it's alright don't worry it's alright don't worry it's no drama it's no drama and he's like sweeping it along the floor as I go I go like trying to keep my dignity he's like it's alright no one else is here no one else is here just me and you just me and you don't worry about it don't worry about it oh shit down my tits and he's mopping up my fucking blood as I walk along the floor sexy I know everything yeah. about and then so I got in the sexy. shower and he was probably looking at me with my empty sack of a tummy yeah. and my saggy, shitty tits and went, what a state. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so funny, your tummy afterwards as well, isn't it? It's like it's, it's just like, like this big bag. gobule of flesh. Yeah. So strange. I don't think I ever, I never really anticipated that bit. Yeah. Because it is, it's weird. It's just like an empty jelly it's belly, isn't it? Yeah. But it's not like when you gain weight and you've got a bit of an extra tummy. No, it's, it's just empty. like an empty sack. It's yeah, so weird. And it just kind of sags there, doesn't it? Because yeah. obviously your uterus is going, oh my God, there's nothing in here anymore. I'm shrinking. I'm shrinking. Yeah. It's just <laughs> such a weird experience. The whole thing. Very surreal. Yeah. Can I say what? my book is out? <gasps> I think I can because I'm going to announce it on Thursday. Oh my God. So I can say it. Well, Laura, this leads absolutely perfectly into a very exciting announcement that, um, I mean, obviously it's no news to you because you've known about it for the last year and a half. What is it, Vic? What is it? I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> I 
have written a book. Yeah! <laughs> An amazing book that is absolutely going to be a number one bestseller. And it is called Welcome to Motherhood, Bitches. And what we've just been talking about, uh, well, that is, it forms a huge part of the book. It's about pregnancy, birth, and the postpartum period and all that entails. But it's kind of more about the stuff that no one prepares you for, no one tells you about. Um, And it's actually a very practical guide, Laura. It's not really the huge amount about me. It's uh, I've tried to sort of give you an antenatal book that's got facts. Facts, facts, facts galore. So even though I've been lacking on the facts on the podcast, it's because all my facts making, taking, researching has been done from a book. So, hey, you know, give you there's only so many facts over. I can research. And there's only so many facts that your beautiful brain can hold. That's, that's it. That is it. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's available for pre-order now. Da, 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 da. When does it come out, though, Vic? It comes out at the end of February next year. Yeah! So it's really, oh God, I mean, how many times have I wanted to talk about it on here? Obviously we have talked about it a lot because you've been there for the whole process and um, you've done amazing. I'm so proud of you. I do mean that as well. I'm so proud of you, Vic. (laughs) Writing a book, Laura, you, you will agree. It is like giving birth, isn't it? Yeah, it's really, it's very intense. Uh, so intense and I don't think a lot of people talk about it actually I think especially when you're touching on things that are really personal Mm. I think about the first book that I wrote (laughs) the first book the only fucking book I've written obviously um it was it it just felt I don't know it's just a really weird experience because it's like the anticipation of of waiting for someone else to tell you that it's it good. right, yeah, I know. Yeah. It's like, that's because you've never hard. done it before. No, I know. So and, it's and very like, intense. Just the so I have been writing it for a really long time. They they my publisher Harper Collins. I think they they had hopes that I would just smash it out in like you know a few months or something. Uh, wrong because. Not only have I been writing a fucking book, I've also moved house. Um, gone through had, a pandemic yeah pandemic vibes and also had a child who just refi- hasn't slept for nine yeah. months so it's been so it's been such a massive challenge and I'm so fucking proud I'm really proud of it I'm really Good. proud of it and you I can't wait be. for people to read it and um, I just I hope that it's just like a really practical guide for expectant mums new mums all the stuff that nobody talks about and it's also really nice that you're talking about writing a book from a really realistic point of view because I think a lot of the time when we see authors and they go I've written a book and they've got a family and they're running a life and you just think you know well how the fuck are you doing that but actually you're giving a once again very unfiltered realistic view of what life looks like to just be a normal person trying to make a career as an author and that's you know like that's actually a completely uh wholesome thing to be able to hear oh thanks darling i'm so wholesome so wholesome (laughs) uh yes it's pregnancy and then it's the birth the birth covers about three chapters it's really extensive about all the different phases and stages of labor and then there's lots of like helpful little bits in there like for example things that you can do um these are sort of like natural uh uh, what would they be like when you if when you're waiting for the baby? There's there's things that you can do that can are apparently supposed to help labour come along. So like all like natural shit like drinking the raspberry leaf tree, blah 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 blah. There's a very funny bit in there about perineal massage as well. Don't know if anyone's partaked in that. I I did once. That story's in there. Um, and then there's the aftermath. So there's like the physical aftermath, the emotional aftermath, and then I go on to talk about sleep. Ha ha. Oh the irony um, <laughs> of not having had any myself. Uh, body confidence after having a baby the first time you have sex after a baby which is what we were literally just talking about that's a whole chapter um that's called preparing to penetrate your blubbery blowhole something like that love that <laughs> blubbery blowhole that's exactly what mine feels like now and I go first oh years God. Ago. Uh, and then I think one of my favorite chapters actually is about the loneliness of motherhood um being marooned on the aisle of motherhood and just how unexpected that was for me, but also for a lot of women. Um, and that's kind of, 
yeah, again, it's like, it is my own experience, but I'd say that the majority of it isn't. It's like talking about motherhood as the universal experience that all, that a lot of women will experience these things. Um, and that's sort of then supported by research and facts and figures and things like that, uh, alongside very practical advice of how to cope with all these different, the myriad of experiences of motherhood. Um, I so, personally yeah. think that book would make a fantastic Mother's Day gift oh, for an expectant mother. Oh, or yes. even a wonderful book for a baby shower. <laughs> oh, yes, it definitely would. It definitely would. Just a couple of gift ideas for anybody who knows yeah. that there are children yeah, soon to be birthed what... onto this glorious planet and and also it's also had um everything's been checked like from a medical perspective so we've had a midwife consultant on it a breastfeeding consultant on it and a sleep expert um so yeah i feel like you know it's been thoroughly checked all the t's have been crossed and the i's have been dotted and it is now in the world and um it's absolutely fucking terrifying but but this point when we come to record next week I probably would have only sold about three books. So we'll look forward to that. No, you won't have time. <laughs> you don't recognise your greatness. Oh, thanks. thanks you never thanks. do. You are amazing. I'm always in awe of what you do because whatever you do, you always do it so, so incredibly well. But it's the perfectionism that in you that doesn't emotional. allow you to recognise it. But you are. Oh, no. You're amazing. I'm, you know, I, I adore you. Oh, I adore you too, Nora. Out of my life. <laughs> And the feeling is mutual. The feeling is mutual. Always. Um, so yeah, go buy it along, you know, maybe you could send it as a gift with a sex toy as well. Uh, which you could get on our website currently at $59.99. And that is a sauna Lilo. Whoa. Oh, Laura, anyway, we need to put our books on the website, on our website. Oh yeah, we should. We can just put a little Amazon link to it. Yeah. Do that, sort that out. Uh, so yeah, that's just really massive news. And um, I feel quite nervous, but I'm sure it'll be fine. I think that's a very normal, natural response. Yeah, I remember the curve. day that mine, it's, it's a learning curve, mate. The day that mine came out, I felt fucking sick. I remember. I remember. You say about like phone bans and everything. I mean, the vast majority of the pandemic, my children basically saw me sitting on my phone the entire time yeah. because that's all I ever wanted to do. But the day that my book came out, it was when it was physically released, that was, yeah, I mean, we we redecorated the living room. That's how great I felt about the whole situation. It's just really abstract, isn't it? It is. And it's very hard to explain to people the, the terror of yeah. rejection. Unlike anything else to. as well. Like, I don't know. It's different. I think I think um, social media is so, um, what's the word? Uh, transient. Like it's just yeah. on the move all the time. So anything yeah. that you put out, like it only really lives for 24 hours, really, yeah. doesn't it? Whereas a book, on the other hand, is like fucking that is, it just feels like it's fraternity. It is fraternity. And it's like in 20 years time, you can look back and go, I did that. Like, look at what I did. I'm an author. You know, people can say whatever the fuck they like about you, but they can't take those kinds of titles away from you. And you feel like a bit of a dick for even saying it. But you know what? We should be proud of ourselves. There's a lot of people that wouldn't be able to write a book. No. I, I didn't think I could. I really Nor would they be I able could. to make it a Sunday Times bestseller like yours is going to be? <laughs> no, it's not. <laughs> yours is a Sunday Times bestseller. Yeah, so why won't yours be? Because I, I don't think that it will do as well. <laughs> well, I think that's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> I said it from the get-go. I said uh, it will be a Sunday Times bestseller. Now prove her wrong, her wrong and me right, guys. Go buy it. Even yeah. if you don't, even if you don't even have a vagina or a penis, go fucking buy it or I'll come and hunt you down and slap you. <laughs> slap you. With my <laughs> vagina. <laughs> With my slug lips. <laughs> With my slug lips, yeah. So yeah. Well, there we go. That's uh, out that's out on the air out now. Everyone, everyone knows about my dirty little secrets. And um suppose that's it. It brings us to the end of the podcast as well, doesn't it? Well, what a beautiful end. Well, Michelle. <laughs> yeah. I said to you, I need to be away before eleven. I know she is nine. Okay, we I got I got here late, so that's my fault. We're gonna do it, we're doing it, we're wrapping up, we're wrapping up. Yeah. So if you would like to send us any stories, we would actually really love to have your stories about your first time having sex after having a baby. I'd if love you've got that, any funny yeah. stories about that, send those in. We'll put it or on Instagram. If it's not well. a funny story, I would really love you to tell me how long or just I don't know. It's like yes. do we need a the time? We did, we what, did a, poll. a poll wouldn't work, wouldn't it? We just need to know like yeah, you how can do like options on there. You can do, I think. One day. You? Yeah, but then it could be one day, two days, three days, four days, no, five do months. Like, I'd go a day a week a month a year 
six months a year something like that yeah we'll it would it. be really interesting to get that yeah because i think a lot of women when they haven't had sex for like a year especially i think a lot of breastfeeding mums as well don't always feel you know um as lubricated down there because of breastfeeding and it yeah, doesn't make progestogen which is you reply uh produce that in abundance when you're breastfeeding can make you better on the dry side is that that's, it, that's in the book Oh, <laughs> statistics Sally over there um, Yeah, and also like Because when you have sex And you can release uh, oxytocin And, you know, serotonin You'll have a letdown Like I did And my, my tits were just milk Like just flowing with milk When I was having sex Yeah Fun times That, is, that just sounds so beautiful It does, doesn't it? Yeah <laughs> Is it um, being a woman glorious? It's so glorious. So if you want to send us those stories, you can email us at uh, noholesbardpodcast at gmail.com or what else can they do, Laura? They can go on over to our Instagram account at noholesbardpodcast and go to our DMs. Uh, and as always, the shop is available on the internet at any time of the day. If you do want to go and purchase something, we would be forever grateful. And that is www.noholesbardpodcast.com. Have a lovely holiday. Thank you. Because that's officially out of the atmosphere. That will have been done. Yeah, it would have been done. We have gone to Lapland and we have come back. How exciting. Have a lovely time. Thank you. Love you. Watch out on that sleigh thing. (laughs) (laughs) Film it. Film it. How am I going to film that and also dog sled? Doc said, and also stop your children from having a nervous breakdown. It's a challenge. I might just get some masking tape, masking tape my phone to my jacket. What's the worst that could happen? We want like we want it POV of your face. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. Love you. See you next Tuesday. See you next Tuesday. Thank you and good night. Hi, my name is Kay Adams, and to be honest, I'm not so good with the ageing process, so I enlisted my old chum, the filter-free Cara McKenzie, to advise. Could you imagine being a porn star? The room would need to be really hot for me to strip (laughs) off. To be honest, she's not much help, but she is rather amusing. And along with some great guests, Joe Brand, Andy Oliver, Anton Dubeck, Ruth Langsford and Craig Revel Horwood, darling, we are learning how to be 60. Listen wherever you get your podcasts.